Well, good morning, and peace be with you. I have some announcements in the bulletin. You can pull out the page and read them at your leisure, but I have been asked to highlight two things. One, uh, in the bulletin page here at the bottom is marking your calendars for January 22nd when we will have our congregational meeting. That is something that we are required to do, as you know. And so that is going to be January the 22nd, which is a Saturday, and there will be lunch served at noon. And if you have any questions, please contact the council member there or come to the first part of the next council meeting, which is, as always, the second Saturday, and that would be January the 8th. Also, our friend Ron Donner... Uh, is out of rehab and is now uh, at the home of his sister, uh, Macy. And so there's a new address, and I'm sure he would love to get uh, a, a note or two uh, from the congregation wishing him well and letting him know that uh, he is in our uh, thoughts and especially in our prayers. The address can be found uh, by contacting um, uh, Ashley, and I bet Louie knows it, but probably not off the top of her head, but, you know, <laughs> so, um, but the, the operative word there is Ron is out of the rehab, and he had his shoulder worked on, which uh, I know has been paining him for decades, and so uh, hopefully that this is, uh, this is a great improvement on him. And won't you please join us all in welcoming him back home and telling him that we love him. All right, and I think that's about it. Tim, are you ready to go? Pastor's starting six minutes late. He wraps himself in light as with a garment. He spreads out the heavens. Walks on the wings of the wind He sends forth the springs from the valleys They flow between mountains The birds of the air dwell by the waters Lifting their voices in song Singing glory
Will you please stand if you're able? We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation. Blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, 
For the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Stir up your power, O Lord, and come and help us by your might that the sins which weigh us down may be quickly lifted by your grace and mercy. For you live and reign with the Father, the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading is taken from the book of Micah, chapter 5, verses 2 through 5, and can be found on page 1445 in the Pew Bible. Um, during the season of Advent, uh, Michael is a contemporary of the prophet Isaiah, and here he predicts the promised ruler from Bethlehem. Micah 5, 2 through 5. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, through you, are, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Therefore Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor bears a son, and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. And he will, he will be our peace when the Assyrians invade our land and march through our fortresses. We will raise against them seven shepherds, even eight commanders. We'll read Psalm 80, verses 1 through 7 responsibly, which is printed in your bulletin. Psalm 80, 1 through 7. Hear us, shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who sit enthroned between the cherubim and shine forth. Before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh, awaken your might, come and save us. Restore us, O God, make your face shine on us, that we may be saved. How long, Lord? your anger against the prayers of your people. You have fed them with the bread of tears. You have made them drink tears by the bowlful. You have made us an object of derision to our neighbors and our enemies mock us. Restore us, God Almighty. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. The next reading is taken from the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 5 through 10, and can be found on page 1873 in the Pew Bible. Uh, the writings in this book are addressed to the population of new Christians that were formerly Jewish. The reading tells us how much more significant is Jesus' gift of sacrificing his life than the sacrifices that were made in the Old Testament. Hebrews 10, 
5 through 10. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offerings you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me with burnt offerings and sin offerings. You are not pleased. Then I said, Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. First he said, Sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them, though they were offered in accordance with the law. Then he said, Here I am. I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. And by that will we have been made holy through sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the first chapter. Glory to you, O Christ. Our Gospel reading this morning is indeed from Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 56, and can be found on page 1588 in your pew Bible. Luke records, At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. 
And Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. From time to time, you have heard me when I'm describing my ways not being his ways and my thoughts not being his thoughts. I kind of, I do one of these and I go, I wouldn't do it that way. Have you ever seen me do that? And you know what that means. It, what it means or what I mean by it, how about that, is that, yeah, I do the opposite of that, right? 180 degree reversal. And today, that is a theme that is woven through this sermon. God's great reversal. Now, I wouldn't do it that way. And to which he says, yeah, well, that's because you're not God. Does anyone else ever feel that way in life circumstances? I'm not the only one here, right, that's thinking, okay, good. All right, so bear with me because it's not, um, well, they didn't teach me that in, in, uh, in seminary. Okay, so let me ask you this. Have you ever noticed, have you ever noticed that there are like a whole bunch of Marys in the four Gospels? I mean, there are, right? There's a ton. There, besides the Mary, uh, mother of Jesus, there's Mary Magdalene. There's Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus. And then there's this uh, Mary that is referred to as the other Mary, right? And there's nothing really to be said about the name that gives someone a particular desire to follow Jesus, the fact is this, is that Mary was a pretty common name in first century Galilee. Moses' sister was named Miriam. And by the time you take that name from Hebrew to Greek to English, you end up with Mary. And you can imagine the number of parents who named their daughters after Mo's big sister. Just about every family with daughters, had a, a young one, a young daughter named Mary. So when Mary, the mother of Jesus, grew up, she was just one of many Marys in Nazareth. She was just a nice girl, next door kind of a person. Her parents had arranged for her to marry a nice man, a nice boy named Joseph, and when she came of age, it would be complete, and her future was pretty much set. She would be known as Mary, the wife of Joseph of Nazareth. And she would help Joseph raise a family. And they would grow old together. There was nothing really unusual at all about Mary's future. And then... An angel named Gabriel showed up with a message from God. And suddenly there was a great reversal, or for what I would call, I wouldn't do it that way. And everything changed. And Mary was going to be a mother a little bit sooner than expected. 
and the child would be conceived by the Holy Spirit. And if that wasn't enough, the child in her womb was none other than the Son of God taking on human flesh and blood. And the great reversal in Gabriel's message turned Mary's life upside down. Now we know that this great reversal, we know what it's all about. We know, yeah, I wouldn't do it that way, and what his answer is. Mary knows what it is about. Mary's community does not know what it's all about. And so let's just try this on a little bit. What would that look like in our own lives? What would your response be if your daughter, you had a daughter, and she said that she was going to have a baby by the power of the Holy Spirit? What would your reaction be? What about Joseph? His uh, betrothed is pregnant, and he's not the father. And Mary knows that God has chosen her for a great honor. But right now, her life has suddenly become complicated. Her community believes that she has committed adultery. And adultery at that time is a crime punishable by stoning to death. Both she and Joseph And there will be a time when all generations will call her blessed. (laughs) But now is not that time. Now fortunately, God provided someone. God's cool that way. He always provides someone to help Mary deal with this great reversal. The angel Gabriel left a hint for Mary when he said in Luke 1.36, he said, Behold, Your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her, the one who was called barren. So in one sentence, Gabriel praised God for the miracle of John's birth, and he gave Mary an idea of where she might find a safe place to come to come to grips with the idea that God was growing in her womb. Now, if you think about it, Elizabeth was probably the only woman on earth in the entire world who understand what was really happening. Just as the miracle child in Mary's womb was the Son of God, so the miracle child in Elizabeth's womb was a prophet. And when Mary arrived at Elizabeth's home, that little baby prophet started doing a dance for joy at the presence of his Lord. And the Holy Spirit made it clear to Elizabeth that Mary's baby was no ordinary baby, but was in fact her Lord. And at that point in time, Elizabeth understood Mary's situation like nobody else could. God's cool that way. So Mary had a time of peace when she was away from the gossip and the stairs in Nazareth. 
And she was in the house of Zechariah, the priest. And Elizabeth could mentor to her. Even though he couldn't talk, (laughs) Zechariah could share God's word with her. And she stayed with Elizabeth in the house of the priest. God, during that time, would build her up for the hardships that we know were in her future. Now Mary, on her part, could help this pregnant older woman around the house. She could do some of the chores, maybe run some of the errands, and she would ease the life of Elizabeth. Now, I've been told, I've been witness, that it is hard enough, well, childbirth is hard enough when the mother is young and when the mother is strong, but who knows what it's like for an old woman like Elizabeth. And undoubtedly, these two women were both much better off after their three months together. Elizabeth had someone to help her as she delivered this baby in her old age. And Mary received the courage, the strength, and the moral support that she needed for the hard times ahead. God brought these two women together to give each other mutual support. God's cool that way. And when Mary first arrived at Elizabeth's house, she spoke one of the most beautiful poems in the Bible called the Magnificat. She didn't say, I wouldn't do it that way, did she? No, no. She praised God. What a pattern. What a sobering thing for all of us who'd say, I wouldn't do it that way. She said in her Magnificat, she tells of the great reversal that God's blessing bring to us. And even though she wasn't sure how things would turn out, and even though her reputation had suffered, and even though her life had been turned upside down, she still praised God for all the blessings that he had given to her. Remarkable. The Holy Spirit had given her a faith that trusted God in spite of the hardships that lay in her future. God is in the business of transforming us. He is in the business of reversing our status. God humiliates those who are proud of their own righteousness, but he lifts up the humble with his grace. He weakens those who rely on their own might, but he strengthens those. He strengthens those that are weak, and he strengthens those that are weak with his power. He impoverishes those who worship their own wealth, but he feeds those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And when God reverses our status, it is a great reversal. It may not feel great, but in the end, it is a great reversal. The nature of his great reversal is something that does not always make sense to us. God pours his blessing out on us, but those blessings don't always make our lives easier or more pleasant. The Holy Spirit touched Mary, and she became the mother of God. And although this was a 
rather unique and tremendous blessing, her life quickly became a whole lot more complicated. Amen? Now the world tempts us to believe that the right religion is the one that gives us the most power, makes our lives much easier, provides the most security, or eases our lives in some other way. The world directs your attention to the here and the now. It wants us to think about the kingdom of this world. The world does not want us to focus on the kingdom of our Lord, the kingdom that lasts forever and ever. And ultimately, that is what today's gospel is all about. The greatest reversal of all began in Mary's womb. The Son of God surrendered his glorious throne to take on a human nature. He then hid his divine glory in his humanity, and he submitted to life in the womb of the Virgin Mary for nine months. And then, after he was born into this world, sin surrounded him and pummeled him. And we know that he never said, he never sinned. Instead, he took the sin of the world, that is, your sin, my sin, and he took it all onto himself, and he suffered the punishment on our behalf, and he suffered, and he died on the cross. And the Lord of the universe, well, he lay dead in that tomb. And that is the great reversal that the Son of God endured on our behalf. Luther called it the great exchange. Now the Son of God's greatest reversal produces our greatest reversal. You know that. We were dead in sin, and now we are alive. We were enemies of God, and now we are heirs to the kingdom of heaven. We were destined for eternal punishment, and we are now destined for eternal joy. This great reversal is ours because of the great reversal of the Son of God. The great reversal that we wouldn't have done it that way. That great reversal began in the womb of the Virgin Mary. And the Son of God took on humanity and died. And because he submitted to this great reversal, he conquered death. And he removed the sting of death. And he rose from the dead. And he ascended to the right hand of God the Father. And as he waits at the right hand of the Father, he says this to us. Surely I am coming soon. Amen. And may this season of Advent prepare us so that we can join God's people and reply, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen.
I wouldn't have done it that way, but boy, I'm sure glad he did. Please stand. Let us now confess our faith together to the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen, we believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven by the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate with a virgin Mary 
and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church, the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people in accordance to their needs. O Lord, mighty God, there is none like you in holiness, constancy, and might. Yet, you exercise your power for the salvation of sinners. And as we draw near to the celebration of Jesus' birth, fill our hearts with gratitude that your Son humbled himself and became flesh to bear our sin and to be our Savior. Lord, in your mercy... O Lord, mighty God, Bethlehem was too small to be among the clans of Judah, yet from it came forth the King of kings. Remember the congregations of your people, where numbers are small and resources are scarce. Provide for their needs and remind them that the Lord of Lord dwells among them in his means of grace. Lord, in your mercy, almighty, mighty God, you make poor and you make rich. Receive our thanks for your gifts of daily bread. Give us contentment with what you provide and preserve us from coveting what you do not give and grant that we would be wise stewards of your blessings. Lord, in your mercy, O oh Lord, mighty God, you sent your Son to shepherd his flock in strength and to be great to the ends of the earth. Grant wisdom to our leaders and peace among the nations that we may dwell secure. Lord, in your mercy, O oh Lord and mighty God, you helped your servant Israel. Your mercy endures forever. Look upon those brought low by illness, injury, grief, or other affliction. We especially lift up those in our hearts or out loud right now. Have mercy upon them. Grant them healing and strength. And maintain in them the certain hope of your faithfulness to them for Jesus' sake. Lord, in your mercy. O oh Lord, mighty God, 
You have sanctified us through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that is once for all on the cross. Prepare the hearts of all who commune this day with penitence and trust in your promises, and so make us holy with your Son's body and blood. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, mighty God, you have done great things for us, most of all, delivering us from death to life through Jesus Christ, who is our Lord. Mercifully hear our prayers and answer them according to your will for the sake of your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and ever-living God. You comforted your people with the promise of the Redeemer through whom you will also make all things new in the day when he comes again to judge with righteousness. And so... With the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and we join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink, all of you. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now, together, pray the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, 
who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. His glory, his righteousness, in a great exchange to us, for us, and the exchange is our sinfulness, our ickiness that he gladly takes and he crucified on that cross so that you and I might be with him forever in joy and eternity with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's quite a reversal. I wouldn't have done it that way. But I'm glad that he did. And I know you are too. If your confession is Jesus Christ is Lord, then come. The table is prepared.
Our Father who art in heaven has different ways of doing things, doesn't he? I'm sure glad he does. How about you? So the next time you're feeling all alone, thinking I wouldn't do that that way, remember Mary. Remember Elizabeth. Remember the times when maybe you gave away to despair, but he did something pretty cool with the thing you wouldn't do it that way because that's how God is in the way that he works. He's cool that way. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Child
still we see thee lie above thy deep and dreamless sleep. The silent stars go by.